Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and City podcast brought to you by The Dip, where we shoot the shit about every episode of Sex and City, the two movies. Of course, we just finished season one of The Revival. And just like that, I am your host, Samantha Bush. And of course, I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Well, we also just finished recovering last week's episode. So if you're listening to this in the future, please know whatever you listened to last week, where if it was unhinged... This one's going to be even Buckle worse because we're we're doing back-to-back <laughs> recordings this week, baby. For you people, this is what we do. We are bleeding ourselves, suffering through episodes of this show. I think people underestimate like the amount of like mental energy it takes to like record podcasts. I think people really really don't realize. I, I beg all of you to just try it once, even if you don't put it out, just sit and talk for like an hour and yep. <laughs> realize it's uncomfortable strange no one likes it and yet it's kind of the highlight of my week sitting back oh and i love with it you. it's such a fun little lark we do here and it's it strange is. that we put it out into the world and people listen and they seem to enjoy and yet i love doing it but i'm always like is, is everyone okay <laughs> when they're listening? yeah like well let's check on all of you yeah honestly you've you check on, in on me none of you check in on chris you check in on me <laughs> mostly people just ask me what the fuck is the lost daughter about <laughs> You did get asked that. Oh, that was me, just the one I sent to you. That was not the first or last question I got. Later that day, someone asked me another question about it. I've answered at least 20 questions about why did she do this? What did Maggie Gyllenhaal mean about this? I hated this movie. Okay. Wow. And I'm like, guys, it's not for everyone. It might just be for me. And it's vibes only, you know? Um, But if you want to talk to me about The Lost Daughter, feel free. Um, I'm very into Ed Harris right now. So if you want to talk about him, I'm into it. We can also talk about Stepmom. Oh. I don't think we need to talk about Stepmom. Why? I love Stepmom. Little Susan Sarandon stuff. Well, it's just really, really sad. Yeah, but, you know, one of the all-time great TBS movies. But I think the way you feel about The Lost Daughter, so I feel about Barb and Star. (laughs) Well, I think one's a bit more serious than that. (laughs) I still haven't seen Barb and Star, and I really should. Because, you know, I'm a a Dornhead. I am obsessed with it. I've watched it, I've watched it at least ten times, and I get everyone in my life to watch it with me. And then I watch them watching it. That's how I feel about The Lost Daughter. I know. That's what I'm saying. I think I think it Did you read the accompanying companion books <laughs> to Barb and Star? Visit Vista Del Mar? Is that what it's called? Yeah. There are books. No, I'm kidding. There's a book to The oh, Lost Daughter. I don't think that there's a I'm... book to Barb and Star. Though if there was, I'd love to get my hands on it. I it was know, a graphic same. novel. Oh, I would love. Now, before we get into the episode, I do just want to, like, you know, ask the listeners if there's something. A few people, I was lucky enough to go on the We Stand podcast and talk about Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. I believe Great because I went on so long, another episode has been released. <laughs> there was a part one and two. Yeah, part two will be coming or is already out when you guys are listening to this. And everyone was like, we want to hear you and Sam talk about Gilmore Girls. Like, they need more. So do people really want this? Should we do just a special episode? I mean, you and I can get into Christopher V. Luke, The Boys, where Rory. You know, I'm a Rory defender. A lot of people hate her. The Merits of Season 7, if there are any. Didn't realize people hated the revival. I loved it. So I just feel there's more to talk about. And it is my favorite show. No, and that show literally is everything to me. I grew up watching every episode every week with my mom. It was like a thing that we did every Tuesday. It was just like 
I watch it. I watch an episode maybe almost every day. Same. Every single day I watch an episode of Gilmore Girls. Already seen two today because I've been up so long. <laughs> yeah, I have not slept running on three I've been hours. Re- I've been recording podcasts for the last four hours. But yeah, I'm a digger girl. <sighs> Disgusting. I'm you a Christopher Hayden man, even if the actor is um possibly under investigation <laughs> for the January 6th commission. But I'm not a fan of David Sutcliffe, just I'm a Christopher Hayden guy, you yeah. know? I like Christopher, too, and that's a hot take, because people really don't like him. Yeah, I'm not a digger. I'm trying to think if I had to pick a second man for Lorelai that obviously wasn't Luke. I don't think she has another love interest that the other ones they tried to introduce. I mean, originally watching the show, I was a Max Medina, but then, like, as an adult, I'm like, this man is out of control. He's an Aiden. Like, he's the Aiden of the show. One of the worst male characters I've ever seen on TV. Just, like, awful. To propose on a voicemail? What's wrong with him? This is the kind of content like, you'd get if we were to do this. <laughs> yeah, so just let us know. So just let us know. Slide into our DMs. All, and literally, maybe all it would we'll take do- is one person to yeah, say that's to do That's what it. I was going to say. I think we could probably set the bar at three people. If we yep. hear from three people, we'll do a special unhinged episode about Gilmore Girls. I once had a Gilmore Girls brunch where I wrote a full agenda. So maybe I could pull that out and just use it f- for what we should go off. On. Oh, my God. And we got into some spirited arguments about Lane's love life. You know, we really got in there. Ugh. Lane. Love her. What a queen. Paris. Love her. I don't know if Amy Sherman Palatino does. Well, I'd argue she does. A lot of the trouble with Lane starts in season seven, and that's not ASP. Do you think that's where it starts? I think they're just getting her pregnant so early and their wedding. Although, no, they get married in season six. 58 seats, 62 Koreans. Should we get into Sex <laughs> Have you seen it before? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's start with a little episode synopsis. Carrie has a new boyfriend who comes out of left field. Miranda tries dating a vintage man. Charlotte tries to fix her brother. And Samantha is the only person who can. What did you think about this one up top before we get into the nitty gritty? Did you like, hate? I liked it. I really loved it. Okay. To me, this is the kind of episode that a one-off kind of filler episode should be. This one got me good. First of all... It was fun. We've got all four... We've got storylines for all four women. And I really love that Charlotte and Samantha's storylines are connected. Yeah. And then we see, like, Charlotte has brother. That I, you know, it's fun. I was excited. It's fun because they don't do it often. We rarely ever meet anyone's family. So I think that, like, it's nice because we don't do it that much. Yes. But I'm glad they didn't, like, go down the rabbit hole of introducing everyone's families. Like, I really don't need that. But this no, is, feels like a nice treat. I'm, But I'm glad that just because it felt nice, they weren't like, oh, now let's meet, like, Samantha's cousin. Who would play Samantha's cousin? The woman from Hacks, Jean Smart. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like someone like Elaine Stritch. Like that's like cousin. What I'm wouldn't her cousin need to be her contemporary? <laughs> like, oh, Al- that's true. <laughs> like Elaine Stritch. How old do you think Kim Cattrall is? <laughs> this is reminding me. Oh my god! Did I tell you this? Someone DM'd me about what something you said on the podcast, and you know we remember nothing we've said, and I have not nothing. stopped laughing. Yeah. When in the Games People Play episode, apparently you justify Carrie owning all those games because it was the 90s. <laughs> and I was like, and I stopped, was like, Sam, I don't think people owned more board games in the 90s. <laughs> I stand by what I said. <laughs> like, and people were like, the person who DM'd me was like, yeah, no, she's unhinged. I was like, she absolutely is. Just to be like, yeah, this grown woman has Candyland. It was the 90s. It was the 90s, but I feel like that's true. <laughs> It was ninety nine. <laughs> I just feel like they that like they didn't have phones, so it's like that's they what they phones. did. Like if people come over, you not mean like cell, cell phones. phones or internet? Barely. I had the internet. In I stand by what I said. It was the nineties. <laughs> that's why they had board games. Leave the, me yeah, alone. the things we get into on this podcast, um, guys. The things we say don't remember. and don't remember. If anyone, anyone could tell us when we talked about worms, we would be so happy and thankful. Yeah. If you're that reviewer who said that you think about our worms comment and laugh, and please laugh. reach out and let us know what that comment was. I know. I'm like worms. I'm like I don't know anything about worms. Do you? I don't know anything about nature. <laughs> don't like to be in it. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm worms. an inside cat. <laughs> oh my 
Okay. What were we talking about? Oh, who could play Samantha's cousin? <laughs> and I said at least <laughs> now we're now we're back here. Okay, I'm okay. like, don't remember where we started or where we're going. No, but that but that kind of woman, like that kind of like energy. Jennifer Coolidge. Oh, yeah. Although of course Jennifer Coolidge will join us later. You know, I was actually listening to her interview with Evan Ross Katz, and she revealed that she was supposed to play the woman who falls out of the window, and then they hired the woman from Third Rock from the Sun, whose name yeah. is escaping me. Yeah. A queen, an icon, and a legend. And then Jennifer Coolidge became crazy bag lady. Yeah. A, that a makes great a lot role of sense. for both of them. Totally. Um, but Jennifer Coolidge has kind of like the right energy. I think Miranda's sister, who they cast as perfect, I'd maybe just like to hear more of her, you know, Hannah's mom from Girls. Then we never meet anyone's from Carrie's life, but obviously I'd want it to be either Diane Keaton or Bette Midler for a First Wives Club. Oh, I would die. Or Goldie Hawn. Maybe Goldie. Yeah. Goldie would be fun. Goldie would be fun as Carrie's mom. <laughs> well, Sarah Jessica Parker was on Watch What Happens Live, and she did say that she wishes that they would have brought back Amelita Amalfi. And there's time if they would fucking announce season two. I'm a citizen I'm of like, the world, darling. Our... Yeah, stop like fucking with our emotions like this. Just announce it. I wonder if it's a budget thing. Like, are they trying to... I hope they're negotiating for more episodes. Like, I'd like them to add additional episodes and then do maybe 13 and in the next season, have one dedicated episode for each LTW, Seema, and Dr. Nia Wallace, who I'm missing. I'm, I mean, you and I were texting. We're really missing our, the new girls. I know. We were just texting about this, like, yesterday. Yeah, I'm really missing them. <sighs> I guess we should talk about this episode, because we've yeah, gone on we all around the place. Yeah. So, let's get into it. So, I mean, the one thing I'll say that this episode I had trouble with was trying to find an overall kind of organizing principle. So I would say that it's about accepting and recognizing the inherent flaws in who your partner might be. And that partner can be either a sexual partner in the sense of Carrie, a friend in the sense of Charlotte and Samantha, Miranda, it's also someone she's dating. Mm-hmm. And also, there's you don't think some idea of like the had multiple... anything to do with it? What'd you say? You don't think family was the thread? Well, I was... <sighs> Yeah, like the then I was going to say it's also about how many parents. people are, right? Like, how many people are in a relationship? So, in Carrie's case, she's attracted to the family, I guess. The mm-hmm. stupid kid who we'll get into. And then Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's... <laughs> right. Yeah, family. Yeah. That's the thing. Family. That's the organizing principle. I guess it was right there for me. Family. Family. <laughs> I know you were describing, and I was like, I think I think it's, it's just family. family. It's family. I think it's like I think it's like how you like family could really make or break a relationship. But then you also have to relate that to the shortcomings aspect of it, right? Well, I think shortcomings. Well, no, but like, how is that played in each of the stories? Like, what in the what is the shortcoming then? And we can talk about it. That's actually a good thing to talk about. What is the shortcoming in the Charlotte Samantha Wesley story? I guess you could say the kid is the shortcoming in in Miranda in Miranda's, and the we guy coming. We know what quickly. Justin Rose is. I mean, <laughs> right? Guy's got some trouble, and we're going to get into it. And I'm going to ask a few questions. I guess, like the thing with Samantha Charlotte and her brother is like that. He, it's just complicated. Wesley's like, the shortcoming. Char- yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Should we hear the monologue and then get into the gals? I'm really excited yeah. to talk about this one. I know, me too. I like this episode a lot. In my mind, the complications of making a relationship work had just expanded exponentially. When you date someone, how many people become emotionally involved? When you sleep with someone, are you screwing the family? Let's start with Miranda. Okay. Miranda's up in the gym working on her fitness, as Fergie once said. Athleisure queen, like I was saying. (laughs) Just, Just last week or 20 minutes ago. Yeah, literally 12 minutes ago. But then it becomes family hour. Now, I am not someone who goes to the gym. Is this a real thing? Why would you even want to bring your children to the gym? It seemed like the kids were just running amok. They were, but there's normally like a designated area. That's what I thought. It's not like, oh, family hour is when the like dads and moms are working out and the kids just run around (laughs) crazily. It's really dangerous. It seemed dangerous, unhealthy. I didn't like it one bit. I would be so annoyed. Oh, I would leave. And I, well, I was going to say I love children, but I don't. I love 
I love you the love people, people I love's life. children. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. In terms of other children, it's like, get those dirty little mongrels away from me. And they shouldn't be in certain places. Shout out to my friends with kids. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening. But this is truly my first note for this whole episode is this is why I don't go to the gym. And I will hold on to that as if family hour is every hour at the gym. And that's why I won't be going. But she's leaving. She's heading out. She's getting on the elevator. And we meet Roger Cobb and his son, Simon. What'd you think of Roger and Simon? Disgusting. (laughs) I, Chris, Roger's handsome. Roger gives me major Tweety energy. Oh, you know who Roger was giving me? Who? Roger's giving janky blonde Tony Goldwyn. Okay. I see that. Like, face-wise. And he ain't got with Tony Scott. No, he's not. And I just want to call for Tony Goldwyn to be in and just like that season two. Like, he is a love interest that I would accept Sarah Jessica Parker with. Oh, for sure. So he's, like, like, got that thing. Let's get him on there. Let's get his shirt off. And let's get that deep voice proclaiming things. Basically, I just want to <laughs> match the universes of Scandal and Sex in the City together somehow. I know. You're like, I want him to proclaim things. I want, to pro- I want him to proclaim things. And then I want him to go down on her, which is basically all Fitz did on that show. Never once was he presidenting. But Roger and Simon, not for me. The pushing the buttons. I mean, Simon is a little asshole. He is. And also, Roger's weird. Roger's throwing the parenting book out of the window. Dr. Spock would not agree. No. Now, did you recognize Simon? Because he's a bit of a deep The little boy? Me. Yeah. Yes. Where is he from? Did you watch a short-lived, I believe it was aired on Fox sitcom called Grounded for Life? Sure did. He's the brother. He's, he's, he's the, the brother. <laughs> yes. Chris, it was driving me crazy. I was like, I was like so, looking at I was this like, if this fucker, isn't from Grounded for Life, one of the strangest sitcoms I watched every episode of after school. Every episode. Never what missed an episode. I believe working class family in Boston. Yep. <laughs> loved it. The dad owned a bar, I believe. I mean, I loved that show. They don't make good sitcoms anymore. Roger finally asks Miranda out. And they ride on the elevator. Yeah. And they decide. Yeah. Miranda gets back on the elevator, which much like going to LA with Che Diaz was a bad idea. Bad idea. But she shares with the women that she doesn't like used men. I don't wear vintage clothes. I hate flea markets. I don't collect antiques. Is it too much to ask that he not be, I don't know, used? Okay, before it goes any further, just make sure his parts are still under warranty. (laughs) It's like chewing somebody else's gum. Eh, Well, divorced men do come with baggage. Yeah, baggage is one thing, but when they come with kids. Especially kids with bladder control issues. Here's what I think. Mm -hmm. Round up all the divorced men and keep them in a pound. (laughs) That way you get their whole history before you take one home. What do you think about that? (laughs) Weird. I didn't like that at all. Like, there's nothing inherently wrong with a divorced man. No, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure you've slept with a lot of men that were divorced. Or at least, like, in long-term relationships. It just felt a little like, huh? It would have been one thing had we seen Miranda date a divorced man before and it went poorly because of, like... Do you think it was more so that he had a kid and not that he was divorced? Well, I guess she does talk about the baggage from the divorce, which is the kid who apparently yeah. pissed on the elevator. So, so yes, I think she might date a divorced man who's baggage-free, but this guy comes with Simon. Yeah, and, like, he clearly is with him all the time. Does he have primary custody? Like, I want information. Well, we do see that he's he's trying to overcompensate for the divorce. And yes. maybe the mom has moved out of town or something because they go for a walk in the park. And my first thought was, is why would he schedule this on a day he has his kid? I know. I would be like, I don't think I want your kid to be there. And maybe he has primary custody. It almost felt like he should be a widow. A widower. Right. Like that would That's make what this, it felt like. That story would make a lot more sense because I was kind of like, why is Simon here? Like, right. why is he double booking himself? Like, well, I got to... Get Tucker Simon out before bedtime, and I might as well hang out with Miranda. <laughs> yeah. But they're walking. They have charming dialogue. There's a little chemistry there. I mean, I you seemed like you liked Roger a bit, the look of him. giving I you the tweety. look. Yeah. He gives you major Tweety vibes, but he was very pick-me boy in his Oh, well, well let's, let's st- wait before we talk on, like, about that marriage. whole monologue. Okay. <laughs> because then... Simon comes over and just smacks Miranda with a branch. I thought Miranda, for what Simon did, actually reacted quite calmly. 
That wasn't even like a stick. It was a fucking <laughs> branch. <laughs> it looked, it looked it was, like he had he ripped was it from the tree. Yes, he was wielding this like eight foot tall. It branch. was like comically large. Like I, for a moment, I was like, "Could the kid even carry that?" Yeah, he was. And a then he just boy. whacks her in the head. And the dad's like, "Oh, you know." And the dad is like, "Well, you know, accidents will happen." Simon, Simon, I'm like, Simon's Simon a should have been strangled killer. to the ground. Simon is Simon is Brady before we got Brady. Simon is like Melania Judice just running amok. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's a monster, that yes, kid. A hundred percent. So they sit on a bench, and then Simon goes into a crazy monologue about what kind of man he is. So you seem to have feelings on this. Speak on I it. I was disgusted by it because it's such a, like a pick me boy thing to say all of those things. Like I'm just like an old fashioned guy. Like I want to come home to someone, and I want to do. It's like shut. No, up. Sam. For the people at home who might not know, what is a pick me boy? Okay, so there's pick me boys and there's pick me girls. They're different. Are you one pick me? No, I don't think. <laughs> oh God, I don't okay. think I'm a pick me girl. Are you spiraling? <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh, like a pick me girl is like, in my opinion, I, I think everyone has their own definitions, maybe. But for me, a pick me girl is like when a, you meet a girl and she's like, I love sports. Like, I like only a cool girl. guys. I just don't. Yeah. She's like, I don't get like why girls are so dramatic. Like, she's like that, like always wanting guys to pick her. And it's annoying. Pick me boys are the, the quote unquote nice guys. The, the nice skippers. guys who. The skippers who think, why doesn't anyone like me? I'm such a nice boy. Like, I do the right thing. I want to be married. But it's like, there's clearly something going on. This seems right? to be, because I know how much you hate, not to bring up Grey's Anatomy again, I know how much you hate George O'Malley. Would you consider him a yeah. pick-me guy? Yes. No, would you consider Derek Shepard a pick-me guy who basically badgers Meredith for two seasons to get married? Like, come on. No. No. He's not a pick-me guy. Do you have to? Because no, he knows. This is not going to sound good, but. Do you, are you, would a pick me guy be defined in your mind, guys, not mine, Sam, so come for her. Would you define them as also not attractive? Or can you be an attract, like, is Derek not a pick me guy because you think he's hot? No, Derek is not a pick me guy because he's not a pick me guy. Like, because he isn't like. Because right now the common thread seems like just someone you don't want to (laughs) fuck. If I be completely honest. No, they're just like, there's just this energy about a pick me guy that I just like, just don't find attractive. It's like, I want to be married and like, I want to, I don't know. What do you, what's a pick me guy to you? I don't know. That's not a phrase I know about. Oh, okay. That's why I was like, define it for the audience who might be like me and may not know. Oh, okay. Well, it's like exactly what this guy said. Well, he's like nuts. Everything I mean, the he way said. he was talking of like, I just like coming home to someone and being like, being responsible. And that is what ultimately sparks Miranda's interest. And she looks at him like, oh, maybe this is someone I could like, even though he's got baggage. Then yeah. Simon comes over and hands her a worm, like just a complete monster. Menace. But they have sex. Apparently, his toys are in the bed because Miranda's got a slinky. His slinky. <laughs> like, first of all, this was in 1999. Were kids playing with slinkies? I feel like yo-yos were the big trend then. I was, a, you know, slinkies were around. But he's too the old metal for ones. a slinky. First of all, he well, also lives not, in a like, Manhattan apartment. Where is he going to slink it? Oh, Chris, like, this he, child he is doesn't have stairs. Five. Don't you need steps is, to slink something? Chris, this kid is like four years old. <laughs> is he? He peed on the elevator. <laughs> he was like, I don't think eight-year-olds are peeing on the elevators. Well, I thought maybe he regressed because of the divorce. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> How old is that kid? I don't think that kid is too big to four be four. Or five. You think that little no, actor kids are was big. four? Kids are big. I don't know. He looked a little too old to me, but I don't have any concept of age. If you'd asked me how old Either Simon do was, I. I was like, I don't know, eight? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you guys write I into us and let young. us know how old you thought Simon was. <laughs> Tell us. But so they've had sex and it seems like it went well. Miranda decides to go to the bathroom and then she says she's going to head out. What I appreciate is, is Miranda seemingly has no concept of like 
being with someone who has a child because she walks to the bathroom, which is outside of his bedroom completely nude, which is like only something you should do when you're certain you're alone. Well, or like you're a thousand percent sure the kid's sleeping. And yeah, was it nighttime? I couldn't really get a sense of the type time of day. Same. So, but she's peeing for some reason. She didn't close the door. And that little guy. No, she did. No, the door but was I not. I don't think she closed it all the way. Yeah, the door was not full. Yes, she wasn't just like Jim Gaffigan hanging <laughs> out. <laughs> but she didn't close it all the way. So he tries to come in and she slams the door on him. And I will say, I thought he looked, he was fine. I don't know in what way his head started bleeding. Thank you. I was wondering that. I feel like Simon did that to himself and was trying to set my girl up. He's a maniac, that kid. Yeah, that kid is... He's uh. like the Tinder swindler. (laughs) God, don't get me started on the Tinder swindler. (laughs) I cannot believe he's got a contract. He'll probably be in and just like that. Oh, he'll... Yeah, he's going to be making moves. I'm sorry, I was peeing and I didn't want him to see me. I was afraid he'd see me and the next thing you know he'd be drawing pictures for a child psychologist and then nobody's happy, right? I'll get a Band-Aid, huh? He's hurt. I think he might need a stitch. I'll go with you to the emergency room. No! Just go. Please. Just go. One thing about families. If no one's sorry to see you go, then you're probably not coming back. But then the dad is like, Miranda, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) So... That was, like, annoying. Anyways. But I, before we move on, I did just want to say, has Sex and the City ever depicted one good child? Lily. Lily has killed, <laughs> ruined Carrie's marriage and killed Big. Yeah, but she's a good kid. Is she? She's screaming at her mom when she's with her period. She can't figure shit out. I think Lily is a good kid. I do, You know, too. I write hard for Lily. Lily's, and I love that actress, Kathy, Kathy Ang, I think is her name. She's a stunner, and I hope she is back for season two. I'm yeah, sure she will she's be. she's the only kid I hope is back. Um, but Brady's a mess. Um, the kid, Rock. in that one episode of Woman's Right to Shoes, remember that little kid who's running around the restaurant with chocolate all over his face? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> That's, that was, I bet that was um Simon. He regressed even further, hadn't aged, and is still running yeah. amok years later. Horrible child. Maybe Tater Tot. No, the kids are really never depicted well. Maybe Tater Tot is a good kid when we just see that little bald baby with Aiden. <laughs> when he's wearing more cute. denim than humanly needed. I know, and I think the baby's wearing denim. There's I feel a like lot he was wearing denim. a chambray shirt, a denim jacket, mm-hmm. jeans. I feel like his shoes had denim on him. Like he was wearing a denim headband. He so was, much denim. The baby was in a denim swaddle. A lot of jeans. But the kids on the kids in Sex and the City universe are awful. Remember the kids awful. at um, that birthday party they went to? What was that? Oh, with the circus music. Mm-hmm. Oh, the baby, the baby, the baby shower? shower. Yeah. Oh my God! Remember the kids when Trey and Charlotte have people over, and there's like the one little boy who has the little shoes on, and then the yes. other one who's like screaming. Yeah. And Trey and the mom, the mom's like, one. How many does he get? As many as he needs. Yeah, and Trey's like, oh, I'm not having kids. Yeah, and then they then their marriage ends because of those children. So that's really the thesis of Sex in the City: children ruin everything. Should we get into Charlotte and Samantha? Yes. So, Charlotte's brother is visiting Wesley. What'd you think of Wesley? Hot. <laughs> Disgusting. Such a fucking nerd. I thought nerd. Wesley was so hot. He's such a and nerd. And he went to Duke? When he came out later in his little polo tucked into his dad Oh, I was shorts. all for it. Talk about it. a Midwestern dad. He looked I a- was like, yes, Papa. He had like, that big head. <laughs> oh, with the hair. <laughs> I, I was so into it. I, and he liked muffins. The re- I did like that he wanted a martini. That was the one place where I felt I connected to. He was like drinking beer at like 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah, he's certainly got a drinking problem. And I relate to him on that. He's a wasp. Yeah, Wesley Wesley didn't do it for me. Although the weird thing is, is that I remembered him as hot. So when he showed up, oh. I was like, oh, that's nuts. I don't like that That's at all. That's not the man. Oh, I thought he was so hot. I not l- the hottest man we've seen, but no. he did it for me. I love, 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 and this may be a petition to change her nickname on this show. He calls Charlotte Charlie instead of Charlotte, which I thought was so sweet 
Yeah, that's so cute. I love seeing – like, we talked about this. Like, I like seeing a little bit of their family members, like, even just, like, little drop-ins. No, what made me want to throw up was the Wesley, Nesley, Nestle talk from Carrie. Uh, Shut the fuck up, Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) When she said that, and by the way, do they work at Nestle? I was like, this is probably the worst thing you've ever said. Actually, I have to remember (laughs) this. And stop dragging you for take a Napa because this is really unimaginable. That's me. Yeah, this is way worse than that. Bad. And it's like, who wrote yeah. that joke? And we dragged the writer's room of just like that. I'm I was like, guys, say, that I was one, this say. joke. I was like, this is, talk about cringy. <laughs> but he's divorcing Leslie. He's visiting. He's drinking early. <laughs> he's wearing his he's polos. He's just like, he needs to unwind. He's. Just a mess, that guy. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte wants to introduce him to just Carrie, which I thought is so fucking mm-hmm. rude. <laughs> she's so fucking rude. So rude. And she's so mad that Samantha's there instantly. And Carrie was like, Yeah, that's our friend. Samantha, like, that's our friend. Like, what's wrong with you? However, I will Ugh. say Samantha instantly is like, Oh, I'm going to fuck this guy. <laughs> oh, for sure. She was like, Wesley. Mm, good looks running the family. <laughs> Yeah. But so she suggests they go to a jazz club. And what I want to say is, is that Charlotte should have just gone with them if she didn't want this to happen. But basically, she goes home and that leads to them spending an evening together. Now, what I, before we get into the specifics of what happened, why okay. in God's green earth, Mariah Carey's green earth, wouldn't they just go to Samantha's home? I mean, obviously, I know for the plot of this show, <laughs> we. Right. But. Wesley's a mess. Don't fucking your sister's house like that. Her best friend. I know. And then it made me think, like, does Charlotte have a two-bedroom? She does. She has a guest room. That's, like, she's wealthy. (laughs) Well, I I mean, I think we've always been mean to assume that Charlotte has family money. Yeah, but I didn't think like that. Yeah, no. I mean, she doesn't own. I don't know that she owns her apartment. Actually, she might. I think she does. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I mean, there's no way that Charlotte's living that life on an art gallery salary. So like she This is true. Yeah, is she true. has money. So he's in the guest room, but I just thought couldn't I think a better story might but then right, Samantha wouldn't be there if he had right. come back and then Charlotte dis- and then Charlotte discovers that they hooked up. But it just felt like what an insane choice. Like how bad did they need to fuck if like the jazz Ballsy. club was close closer to, to Charlotte's place and they were like, fuck it. Like we can't possibly wait to get back to your boudoir <laughs> shitty apartment. To that red satin hell. Let's go dungeon. fuck on my my sister's like, you know, <laughs> pristine sheets. Right. Oh God. But the next morning, Charlotte finds Samantha. He, she's wearing the Duke shirt, which <laughs> I did think it was, like, unnecessary that she's – did he only have, like, four shirts? <laughs> like, we'd Why? seen him in the shirt earlier. It just felt a little like, oh, we needed to see him in the shirt earlier so that Samantha was I, – I just would have – if she'd been in a Duke shirt or later, I wouldn't have needed to see him. It wasn't like I was wondering, like, whose Duke shirt could it be? <laughs> Right. It just felt a little on the nose to make sure he was wearing it earlier. The next morning, Charlotte was in for a rude awakening. Oh, honey, why don't you keep your coffee filters? Uh, just tell me if I'm warm. My brother? You slept with my brother? Oh, honey. What a doll. I mean, he really... Is your vagina in the New York City guidebooks? Because it should be. It's the hottest spot in town. It's always open. What's going on? What did you say? She was in my kitchen. She was wearing your shirt. I I snapped. Who asked you to button your nose into my... Samantha, wait. Samantha, don't go. My biggest thing was like, where is Charlotte keeping her coffee? It was like all the way up at the top. Well, not to, you know, a nice and just like that. Remember when Miranda couldn't find Carrie's coffee? These people keep their coffee in some weird places. In the freezer. Also, remember that's when, but that's when everybody thought Carrie was going to have dementia. Do you remember those conspiracy theories? (laughs) Well, honestly, given how and just like that went, it's like who knew? We could. It also could have taken place in like the MCU. We could have every week. I, I truly remember every week you and I were just like. 
Every single top page of my and just like that notes just simply has the note what the fuck is going on. Every every time. And then loved sometimes it. I didn't love this episode, hated it, but it always started with what's happening. Yeah, just we never knew. But um it is a great scene. So Shar Shar comes out, Charlie comes out, sees Samantha. Samantha is so comfy cash. She's just like, honey. <laughs> like naked basically panties and t-shirt on yeah and charlie's like what and charlie charlie snaps (laughs) i love when she snaps it's rare that it happens what did you think of this though because i I kind of wanted to talk about two things i think are is sleeping with someone's brother unforgivable and then what is what charlotte said to samantha forgivable cuz i was like on two ends of this i'm like this is like friendship breaking <laughs> territory we're in <laughs> like you fucked my brother in my home and then you call me a slut and then it's like but then i called you a not even just like oh my god you're so slutty she had like a metaphor a mon- yeah <laughs> she was like you're yeah um could you I get don't over know. it no if someone fucked my brother yeah, in your home. Yeah? I, I don't think I could. I would prefer you not to. Really? There are, there are a lot of men in the world. I'd, like, I'd be okay if Who you, like, cares? fell apart. It's That's weird. No, I think it would be weirder if they, like, if, like, my friend was, like, in love with my brother and my brother was not in love with my friend. I'd rather them be, like, in love with each other than just fucking. Really? In my I'd house. Like, whatever. I don't think I would actually I have care. a problem if they had just slept together somewhere else. Oh, it was the fact it was in Charlotte's It just feels disrespectful. Oh, I get that. Like, I wouldn't like if someone did that to me. Yeah, it's like, But if you just have sex with my brother, okay, whatever. (laughs) I don't think I'd like that either. But I certainly would not come back None of it is ideal. Yes. I mean, there are just enough men in the world. Go do... (laughs) Yes. But then... What Charlotte says, I don't know that if I was Samantha, I could have forgiven that. But I think Samantha's also like, yeah, I'm, uh, which I love about her, you know? Well, she's her thing is, is like, who are you to say that about me? Like, Absolutely. who are you to say that? It's giving me Dorinda when she called Sonia's vagina the Holland Tunnel. Well, that's literally what Charlotte said. She basically. I know. <laughs> it was like, put it in Zagat. Like, everybody's going. It's the hottest yep. club in town. She's like, oof. I was like. Get Charlotte on oh. Roni. I mean, she's tough. Well, and it was like in the harsh light of day in the morning. It's tough, right? Like that's something you say after a few martinis. Yeah, that's like, ooh. Like, it's like what I say to dear sober. friends after I've had like few drinks. It's like, I'm going to talk to you about yourself. Yeah. And I love when you do that. But then Wesley chases Samantha out. He comes back and shares that he and Leslie have not had sex for two years. Yes. Now, re-looking at Wesley and these new guys, I was kind of like, I'd love to hear Leslie's side of the story, because I bet Wesley's no prize. <sighs> like, let's not blame this on Leslie. We don't even get to see her. I bet she was a great I gal. I don't think he's blaming it on her, but He called her probably... frigid? <laughs> well, she probably said, is. She's frigid, and she, a... I, she won't Leslie give it up to me for Trey. two years. Leslie is Trey. I wouldn't consider Trey frigid. He couldn't get it up, which okay? we'll get to. <laughs> He was very cold. Once he once he could get it up, he couldn't stop. Remember, he was always talking about his rocket and his Johnson. Trey is frigid. You I think do? Trey is cold. Yeah, I wouldn't I do. consider him cold. I I would consider him a, not the most open to talking about things, but I wouldn't consider him frigid, and certainly not like he's he's ready to go once he can get it up. That is true. He is his. <laughs> I just would like to hear Leslie's point of view. And I hope we meet Leslie at some point in the end, just like that cinematic universe. And I'd like her to be played by Kate Blanchett. Oh, okay. I can dream. That's, you're reaching for the stars. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Or maybe Reese Witherspoon. And that I'd love to see. Kirsten Davis and Reese Witherspoon palling around. Oh, yeah. Because they would have really good chemistry, I think. Yeah. Big Little Lies season three. Let's get Kristen Davis in there. Get, Mm -hmm. you know, Reese on this show. I'd love to see it. Yep. We got to get our girls booked and busy. But what I thought was insane was for Wesley to say to Charlotte, oof, you've got some good friend there. I don't think he should be equating Samantha's decision to fuck him as like a sign of friendship to Charlotte. Right. I think it was just in the context of like, this woman helped me get 
get through that hump. Like he of- positions it as if Samantha is like some like sexual like therapist on the roam to fix men with her pussy. It's like this is insane. Like mm-hmm. she didn't clock you and was like, well, he's depressed and hasn't had sex in two years. She's not like the Terminator, just like doop 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 right. man needs to be fucked. I will help him. Like that's yeah. not what her it just felt like a strange way for Wesley to end. But Wesley's a weird dude. He is. And the more that we describe him, Chris, the more I'm kind of like... <laughs> You're coming around. He's a fucking nerd. Yeah, I really, I really liked him in the Duke. I like the Duke tea. He's just a... When, I didn't mind him in the Duke shirt. But when he came out in the morning with his little polo tucked into those long shorts, you know, I think shorts should be no more than a three-inch seam. You know, we've... Oh, maybe those were in style back then. Those long they shorts, were. but he looked to me like the worst kind of like old dad. Unfuckable. Unfuckable. Absolute. Well, except he did. Except, well, he wasn't in those. Yeah, when he was fucking. Well, he wasn't a horrendous plaid shirt, and I was just glad we didn't actually see his pants because I was worried. Uh, they definitely had pleats. <laughs> yeah, they were pleated for sure, and you know he was in a boat shoe. Dead of winter, and he was in a boat shoe. Oh yes, boat <laughs> loves a boat shoe. Yeah, motherfucker. Yes. he doesn't own a pair of shoes that own a boat shoe. Nope, he's got dark brown ones and light brown ones, and, and multiple pairs, and maybe mm-hmm. a navy for for fancy occasions. Yeah, when he's feeling a little sassy. Yeah, but uh, that spurs Charlie to head over to Samantha's with a muffin basket, and they have a really sweet moment in makeup. It's Charlotte. That was a terrible thing I said. Yes, it was. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have another tour group coming through my vagina in ten minutes. And I'm so sorry. You said what you came to say? Wait. I wanted to give you this. Samantha was touched. Come here. She realized this was Charlotte's way of saying, thank you for fucking my brother. Get in there. (laughs) Yeah, that's nice. And what I love about it, it, I think this is one of the moments that people point to when we say we love Samantha, that she's really forgiving. I think it's this moment and when she's so supportive of Carrie when she reveals the affair. Mm Mm-hmm. I liked the little, like, she, like, kind of slapped Charlotte on the butt and was like, get inside. Although Charlotte's reaction, the ooh, is, like, a bit, a beat too late. So it's like she slaps her, there's a pause, and then she screams. Yeah. I will also say that when Charlie is sitting down with Wesley afterwards, she says, honey, and almost uses the tone of Samantha. Honey. And I was like, oh, what an acting choice from Kristen Davis. (laughs) She's like, if you're going to throw me a honey, I'm going to say I like him, control. Absolutely. Everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy of the summer. I am your father. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> Michael Sarah. It's showtime. And Samuel L. Jackson. What the mother father kind of spaniel's going on here? Paws of Fury. Only in theaters this Friday. Ready PG. All right, should we get into Carrie? Now, this story, this oh, is the kind God. of story that gets me good. This, like, it's this so is why I'm, this is why I do this fucking podcast for stories I, like this. Yeah. Carrie's dating Von Wiesel. Now, one thing I do hate is we've, of course, met Justin Throw in season one and he played a writer. Yes. Why couldn't it just be the same character? I know, because this guy's a writer, too. Yeah, it's like, it doesn't mean, it's like, no, I get it, maybe Justin Throw re-auditioned, but didn't someone, Sarah Jessica Parker at the least should have been like, hey, we've done this before. If, right. If no one else remembered, she should have been like, oh, this is like the thin, handsome guy that I was, we've done this, like, let's just change the character name and get his yeah. backstory. Again, I always want us to go back to the source. Always. I appreciate, and this is the only, maybe only one example that I can think of, that we meet a boyfriend and we miss them meeting. Like, usually they always show us. It's like we're mm-hmm. meeting them five weeks into them being together. Well, yeah, the last we heard from Carrie is that she was restless and that she was like, 
eating greasy Chinese and now she's like dating this guy. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, like usually we would we would meet him on the street and then like or we'd be at that pin literary party, meet him and then go to his parents. It was just interesting that it's like, oh, we're kind of just in this. Like they're together. And we don't know for how long, but they already have like an easy chemistry. They're bopping to the movies. He's I mean, he's just in Thoreau, so he's hot. Are you in Navon? So hot. So he's got I'm not that into tight Vaughn. little body like an Italian sports car. Okay. I'm not into like Vaughn, but I'm into Justin Thoreau. I'm into Vaughn. Oh my God. Can we talk about also? I've been, I don't know if this is right. I've YouTubed him a lot in the last two days. YouTubed Justin Thoreau? Yes, because I think okay. he's doing a voice. Like, this is not Justin Thoreau's voice. I think he has like a character voice on. You think? I think so, because I, of course, at the same time... Do you think his voice just changed? Maybe. That's what I was wondering. But then I went back to when he was on Six Feet Under, which is right around this time, and listened to his voice, and it sounded quite different. So I've I've been on a Justin Thoreau wormhole, you know. Yeah. And happy to be... By the way, don't ever want to be anywhere else. Right. (laughs) So they're going to, the I think, the movies, and they stop by his Mm -hmm. parents' home. They live in a gorgeous brownstone... And we meet his family. We meet Wallace, played expertly by Valerie Harper, who, of course, is a queen icon legend. She was uh, Rhoda. Love. We meet his father, Duncan, who is the whole internet when he says, Carrie, you're an icon. (laughs) It's like, oh, well, Duncan predicted just internet discourse. (laughs) Yeah. And then we meet his sisters, Franny and Zoe. It's a little perfect. Like, it's a Salinger reference. There are these upper... Probably Upper East Side intellectual Jewish family. Of course, they'd name their kids this. It's a little pretentious, but true. Mm, you know what they're reminding me of? You know, the Weasel, the Weasel family really gives me Gyllenhaal vibes. I'm just going to put that out there. And um, love that family. Stream The Lost Daughter okay. on Netflix. It kind of, you know, now that you say something, it they kind of maybe could be like a Chalamet family. Oh, yeah. Big Chalamet vibes. Big Elgort vibes, maybe. Although I know we... It's problematic to talk about that. Ansel? Well, yeah, but his fan, his father's like a very famous photographer. Uh, grew oh, really? up in New York. I mean, I mean, that's the reason he and Chalamet know each other is they went to that performing arts school. They know each other. Yeah, they went to co- they went to high school together oh. with Lourdes. I love learning things on this podcast. And that's and Chalamet dated Lourdes. Okay, and you know who I and of course there's only one Lourdes, Madonna's daughter. Yeah. In fact, there might only be one Lourdes. He dated her? In high school. What? Am I having a stroke? Did I make this up? Uh, No, I'm pretty sure I didn't. Now, of course, my favorite Chalamet is Paulina. Oh, of course. Queen. A supple-breasted queen. queen. I love her so much. Sex of of College Girls. I need more. Sex Lives of College Girls Season 2 win. I need it immediately. But Carrie feels, like, instantly at home in this house. Her parents are fans of the writing. What did you think of the – did you – I mean, I just was instantly charmed by Valerie Harper's performance. You just fall in love with Wallace. Yeah, you just, like, want to nap – like, you just want to be a part of the family. And you see all – it's like they've got the whole fish – all the fish from, like, uh, Zabar's. I wanted to dig into some locks. I was, like, very at home there. Yeah, I loved it. And I like – I always kind of like when they touch on the fact that Carrie is a celebrity. Well, like, I wish they in would more. Kind. I think yeah, at right. a certain they need to go into it more. Like by the time we get to and just like that, there's actually like no reason that someone like Lisette wouldn't know who Carrie is. Right. I mean, she should be a very famous person. Yeah, and so I get excited when they talk about her like that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, in fact, that's it's nice. kind of a it's fine kind of knowing that. It's fine that people wouldn't know who she is now. She's just writing this column. But once she's like a successful New York Times bestselling author, she should be noticed, I think, a little bit more than she is. Um, although I do always love that moment in season six when she's with Berger at they're like going to, I think, Smith's show in Brooklyn and the photographers know who oh. she is. And she says, I used to be a party girl. Yeah. And so it speaks to like, I mean, Carrie's been on the cover of a magazine looking like a fucking disaster. God, single and fabulous, question mark. Oof. Still recovering from that episode. Yeah, that was tough. Fucking Bradley Cooper. Um, Anyways. He wishes he was in The Lost Daughter. 
now. They go home. They've spent six hours at that townhouse. And they go home and they are like running around that apartment. Like, it's, they'll pe- this is just not at all how I, my like preamble to sex is. It is not like clasping, clasping at each other, stumbling over things, going never. into rooms that aren't the bedroom. It's like we're stopping at the kitchen. We're going, like, no, that's never happened. They're up against the wall and Carrie goes to touch it. <laughs> His penis. And I have to say, I've seen almost everything Justin Throw's ever done. He's a great actor. I love him. This is the best acting he's ever done. His <laughs> his coming? His premature, premature ejaculation face sounds. He was making it funny, devastating. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is, man is the Meryl Streep of premature ejaculating. Okay, you know how, I see that. You know how they say, like, Meryl can do anything, and you you get all of the, like, everything from just behind the eyes. That's how I felt with this. Yeah, it's I got the la- sadness, it was a layered performance. He was making it funny. It was quite... Now, I didn't care for his performance overall. But in those moments, he was making me laugh, and yet I was also sad. Wow. Carrie's never had more napkins in her... Oh, she's she never not... Ready, yeah. I was like, was she yeah. recently sick? Yeah, she's had napkins laying all around the house. What did you think of it? And have you been in this situation? Shout out to your mom that and dad. a man... Yeah, no, I haven't actually. And the same. Not like that. Like I've had it like where it was like really quick, but it wasn't like it wasn't like this. Nothing happened. <laughs> like we didn't even get anywhere. Right. Like that's never happened. <laughs> I, I, and I did do some Googling. It can happen, but usually it happens the way you've experienced it. Yeah. Like where it's like one. <laughs> yeah. She, like a good gust of wind could take him out, it seemed. Yeah, he's ready to go. And you know who's not having it? Samantha. Get out now before he stains all your sheets. Oh, come on, that's harsh. It could be he was just nervous. First time is always weird. And he'd probably had something to drink. And we just spent the whole day with his family. Look, the guy cannot get his Cadillac into the garage. Honey, I'm sorry. I hate being right about this. Samantha was the general pattern of sex. She didn't like sending her troops into battle if she thought they would lose. I like him. Well, that's real swell, but it still doesn't get the cream in the cupcake. But the thing I like best about him is his family. Hmm, anyone there you can find? What? I'm trying to be helpful. Charlotte snapped earlier and Samantha snaps here. She's like, no, he can't cream the cupcake. <laughs> Go fuck someone else in the family. I'm done. But have you ever been there? Have you ever dated a man because you like his family or something about him more? Like Carrie shares that she loves she loves his family. They've got charisma. They're Tom Cruise. So she wants to like work her way through his premature ejaculation because she needs access to the family. Have you ever not necessarily I family, mean, but something. But and hopefully something? it's not money. No, it's never been like that. <laughs> no. I don't know. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Have you? I really liked a guy's friends. Like he, like his friends were just so fun. And particularly, mm-hmm. like I didn't actually think he was that fun, but his yeah, friends but were. And friends. I was like, how can I keep them? Yeah. And I could never figure it out. So I really did hang out with him for quite a bit. But I was always like, we should, you know what we should do this weekend? Like have should a little like, get together. <laughs> or, oh, I made a reservation for six, but who, like, everyone I know is busy. Yeah, so just bring everyone you know. <laughs> I could only get a table for six at this restaurant. I, I, I... <laughs> Shout out yeah, to him. I I, he does not listen. He is a, an awful man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then... like, I've dated people, like, where I liked their family. Or, like, I just created really good relationships with their family over time. So that, like, when we did break up, it did feel weird. I was like, oh, like, I... I do not speak to their family. That's very odd. You know, I love a parent. I know you do. I know. That's actually where I thrive. People over 60. My dating life is going to be so much better once I'm 60. Is it? Or no, probably the age will still go go up and then it's like 80-year-olds who like me. Like I'm never going to be at my peer level. Never. But Carrie goes to lunch with Wallace. They, they're they having fun. And just R.I.P. Valerie Harper, who's an icon and is so good in this. She validates Carrie's writing and her work as important. Carrie's clearly inspired by this, this kind of woman who has this balance of art and love. I just thought they have such a fun natural chemistry. Totally. They do. And it was – I think it – 
she's just like very warm. Yes, you know who I'd love to. Well, this will never happen because R.I.P. Valerie Harper. But speaking of warmth, I'd love to see Wallace and Doctor Niall I Wallace was gonna... go to dinner. <laughs> I knew that you were going to say that. Once I said the word warm, I was like, there's I know no one coming. warmer on this planet Earth than Karen Pittman. Than Karen Pittman, I know. And if if any of you fucking listeners know Karen Pittman and you haven't asked her to be on this podcast, how dare you? We love you, Karen. Please come on. Yeah, I literally like every photo she posts on Instagram and react to a lot of her Stunning. stories. I'll watch the more. I'm going to watch the morning show season two finally, just for her. Wow. But then Carrie and Vaughn try again. And this time he was really making me laugh when he was saying, don't touch it, don't touch it, don't touch it. Um, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Then it happened well, again. It's, it's also funny that Carrie thinks that it's like he's just so attracted to her. We should also and it's say, like I don't think that that's really the point. The problem. <laughs> yes, I was going to say like, that later. Carrie, love that for you, girl, but that's not really what's going on. But what did you think of the? So that happens a little bit later, and he when he's coming right out of the shower, right before though the time before that where he says, "Don't touch it, don't touch it, don't touch it." They're just lying in bed. He's in his underwear and she's in her bra. It's like, why are they sitting there like that if they're not going to have sex? Or they just well, have like, I've never just lounged in my underwear next to someone. Maybe we, were they fooling around before? We he just didn't, didn't see what like they were. They were just talking about that Because I'm like, how is he hard already? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, and he's like, I don't want to talk about my mom anymore. And then don't touch it, don't touch it, don't touch it. It was making me laugh. And then to see that... Little muscly but thin body on him. The right level of chest hair. I mean, legs were close to the wall. They weren't on it. They weren't. Okay. Due to the premature ejaculation, it was, you know, a bridge too hard to cross. But they were Mm -hmm. close. Wow. And I was certainly, like, wet. You know? Okay. All right. Yeah. But then the second time, Carrie and Vaughn try again. And she's like, we need to talk about this. And he doesn't want to talk about it. He's talked about sex his entire life. He was raised in a household with, you know, we're using the real names. His mom works and, or at least makes documentaries about sexuality and the human body. His dad is like, you know, very intellectual. And I think that, right, so to your point, when Carrie's like, I love that you're so attracted to me. It's like, I think the problem is, is that he's intellectualizing sex and he can't get out of his own head. And so he's having trouble connecting to his actual body. It's not like, Carrie, you're the sexiest, most lovely woman he's ever... It, he doesn't at least say that. No. And it's like, they don't have this, like, incredible, like, sexual chemistry. But I guess I wonder if that's how you would justify that happening. You'd be like, I am I mean, so probably. hot. Like, that is how you would make it okay <laughs> in your head. Like, if you, to not be annoyed by it, you would have to be like, it's because I am so fucking sexy. Yeah, it's like, I'm so hot. He just... Comes He's just right coming ahead. everywhere. <laughs> oh gosh! And then when he dabs the little, thing, it's like he was just—it was making me laugh when he just takes the little napkin and is dabbing. <laughs> it's also like, how much is coming out of there, buddy? <laughs> Come on! Oh god, so gross. But they go over again and are having lunch. We meet another outsider who's dating, I believe, Zoe, and. Vaughn is just act. He's acting up. He's had too many. He's had a quad latte and he's acting up. He's like, I'm on edge. And the the dad's even like, what the fuck's wrong with him? (laughs) He's looking for that scallion cream cheese. Yeah. He was not having it. And Carrie's like, okay, I'm out. Like, he's weird. This is a breakup. I'm getting out of here. But then I thought this was funny because Wallace follows them and they are having a very loud open conversation just in the hallway away. Like, yes. I was like, they're having this conversation. It's so loud about and she's like, her I, son. Oh, I know my son premature ejaculates. Like, we can work on it. And Carrie's like, Carrie's like, um, I'm good, love. Yeah, she's like, I don't think so. But they have a little breakup and they decide that they're going to stay in touch. But, you know, like all breakups, it's like, yeah, I'll talk to you soon, but it's never going to happen. No. And Sam. When she stood up yeah. to leave, that is when I finally clued into, oh, she's the in outfit. that Norma Kamali tight dress. 
Uh-huh. She about to go knock on that damn window. I scream. She's about to disturb. There she goes. God, she looks so good. She looks so good. We hear the ending monologue. Wallace was right. The most important thing in life is your family. There are days you love them and others you don't. But in the end, they're the people you always come home to. Sometimes it's the family you're born into. And sometimes it's the one you make for yourself. I mean, the ending monologue is so lovely. It's beautiful, this idea of family, that you, family you make and how you always go home to them. And then she disturbs everyone and knocks on, and then she knocks on the window and does this like cutesy thing of like, do you want me to come in? It's like, bitch, and just go like, in. <laughs> I know, they're like, you're our friend, get inside. <laughs> if I was them, I would have looked at her like, are you well? <laughs> but they're so excited. And also it's kind of like, well, did she know they were there? Because it's the way it's played isn't like, um, oh, she's walking past and she sees them. She walks up. It's it, like she has intention when she walks up to the window, yeah. sees them in my, there. My thought, it was like they were discussing their plans. They said, oh, you're going to be here. We're going to be here having lunch, what you're doing, whatever you're doing with Vaughn. And then, That's true. Okay, yeah, they were trying – yeah, that they were parallel tracks and Carrie walks there. So she knows they're there, but also they weren't expecting her because they knew she was busy. But again, just go the fuck in. Well, you can knock on the window, but then don't be like, can I go in? No, no, no. Please do not tell people to knock on windows of restaurants, Sam. <laughs> That's – if I was the restaurant, I might not have let her in. I would have been like, um, you need to go take your ass home, learn how to act, and then you might be able to come back. You're on punishment. Fair enough. Fair like, enough. She looks great, though. Sh- phenomenal. I love Carrie in a basic outfit. <laughs> um, So, I mean, speaking of that, that's certainly my favorite look in terms of fashion. Well, of course. In fact, I don't really think I took many other notes in terms of fashion. Did you? I'm trying to think... I mean, obviously, we um, loved Samantha in the Duke t-shirt. She looked beautiful. St- I, she looked so good in the morning. Uh, but other than that, nothing really, like, stuck out at me. Same. I mean, I thought everything Vaughn was wearing looked really good on Justin Throw's little body. I wanted it inside of me, but I think he was oh, having boy. some trouble there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the men? We've got Wesley, Vaughn, Roger, and Duncan. I think you're going with Wesley, right? Yeah, 100%. And I'm going with Von Von. Really? You know, I think he and I can make that work somehow. <laughs> Maybe Carrie wasn't Chris. willing to do the work, but I'm willing to, to work with him. On what? I think through some therapy. Maybe okay. some surgical implants. And some oh. just basic medicine. We could figure things out. <laughs> basic medicine? Yeah. I support you on your journey. Best of luck to you. And then my hot take for this episode is, I'm sorry, I can't, don't hate me. This is like the best filler episode, I think, of Sex and the City. One that is like, just what are we doing here? And that Sex and the that we're not pushing really an um, overarching seasonal plot forward, but we're just hanging out. And I think this is the best, because when you think of the others, I mean, we think of games people play in the last one we reviewed, just fucking messes. Think of that weird episode. I hate that Charlotte's wedding episode in season six is actually also kind of a filler episode, because the Carrie, because they don't come up with a strong enough Carrie story. I mean, it's her fucking that friend who's just an awful man, one of the worst men in the history of the show. Think of Catch 38 when she's just swinging, which is I hate that episode. One of the dumbest stories they've ever done on the show. No, I thought about it just now, and I was like, oh, fuck, we have to cover that. So Sex and City really struggles with filler episodes, and I think this is a great example of how we should spend our time when we're biding time. Mm Mm-hmm. I love this episode, actually. Like, I liked it, but then the more we got to talk about it, I was like, you know, I kind of love it. Yeah. What would you give it out of 10? I would give it a six and a half. I would give this one an eight and a half. I really love the Carrie storyline. I think it's really fun, funny. Yeah. Um, I love the scenes with her and Wallace. And I think that it's a nice companion piece to another filler episode that I like but don't love as much as this one, a Vogue idea. And I appreciate them as companion pieces, this idea of Carrie looking for parental figures, Wallace acting as a kind of surrogate mother here, Bob Balaban 
sorry for not remembering his character's name, but for some reason, the actor named Bob Balaban is right at the tip of my... Actually, I don't think that is Bob Balaban. Apologies if it isn't. I don't think it is. But I do believe Bob Balaban ultimately is on this show. Is a surrogate father. We deal with her kind of father issues in a strange way. And actually, in that episode, interestingly enough, it's the book for Annie and Zoe that she pulls the picture of her dad out of. So I will now consider them companion pieces. And um, the Miranda stuff was fine. I don't really remember. What was she up to? In this episode? Yeah. (laughs) That kid hit her with a stick. Okay, yeah. Brampton got hit by a stick. That was relatable enough. We all hate kids. So eight and a half. Okay, I support that. Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week discussing Season 2, Episode 16, Was It Good For You? Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out the other podcasts from The Dip, TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, But Now We Said It, and of course, Hot Off The Mess. And follow us online. I'm at Lewis 1219 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram and at Takers Aloft on Twitter. Bye. Bye. What exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. Through vegetables at the supermarket, and yes, through fruit too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org. Message. Hey, man, it's Devin. You know, from that time you accidentally emailed me because you thought I was a different Devin. Oh, and your email signature said confidential. If you receive this in error, please delete. <laughs> That's so you. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat when we set in sail, Captain. <laughs> when you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Oh, and uh, no, you did not receive this message in error. <laughs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.